everyone, and welcome back to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. A quick favor, if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, but you love listening to our weekly episodes, please hit subscribe on your app now so that you can receive our episodes every week. This also tells the algorithm gods that this is a great podcast and promotes it to others as well. All right, this week on the podcast, I have a very special guest, Pornima Vamsi. Now, Pornima is a hormonal health coach, and she helps women who are struggling with hormones, whether or not that be through just everyday life, through perimenopause and menopause, but she also specializes in autoimmune conditions, especially the thyroid. Now, she got into this line of work due to the fact that, you know, she herself was struggling with her own thyroid condition and was on medication for five years. But her major turning point was when her mum was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And this is when she researched, studied and became certified in this area and is so passionate about helping women. So in our episode today, we talk about all these things. We talk about hormonal imbalances, how we can reverse them, the use of medication, how we can look after ourselves and prioritize self-care and help prevent disease and illness. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Let's have a listen in. Hi, I'm Kate Boyle and welcome to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. Each week, I'll be bringing you health information from diet and lifestyle to movement and nutrition. My aim is to bring you bite-sized pieces of information that you can instigate into your everyday life to change your health. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. Pornima, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. The word special itself makes me feel so special. So thanks a lot. I'm truly honored to be part of your podcast and share my mission, vision, and awareness with your women community. Well, thank you for much coming on. Today, we're going to be delving into hormones and hormone imbalances and weight gain and all these things that tends to come up for women as we start to reach perimenopause and menopause. So can you share with our little uh, listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Of course, I would love to do that. Um, but before I get into, you know, what I do, etc., uh, I would want women to be aware that hormonal imbalances precisely start probably from the time we are in puberty. So it's not just about the perimenopause, menopause. Probably we notice them mostly at that point in time because of the tremendous shifts that are going through in our body. But yeah, if it is about when it when it starts or does it happen naturally in our bodies, it does. Coming to me, so again, thank you so much for having me on your show. Uh, I'm Poornima. Uh, it means full moon. So for those of you who might find it difficult to get my name right, it actually means full moon. I'm a mom of two young boys, six and 11, work here in Australia, Melbourne with the Australian Feds, which is Bureau of Meteorology, and very, very passionate about working with women on their hormonal health. I bring with me the expertise of I have seen myself and my mom struggle with the health issues that we have gone through. So for me, if it was about uh, thyroid, being on thyroid medication, ankylosing spondylitis, autoimmune disease, and how medication has actually 
um i loved me to become who i am today supporting women mostly it is because my mom uh she's my motivation i would say where she was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer was bedridden for quite some time and that is when i realized that there has to be something that needs to be addressed uh which i studied certified and have now supported more than 1000 plus women with their hormonal health so that's where i come from kate well thank you for sharing that journey i know that most of us in the health field have either gone through something personally or have supported a loved one or a family member or a friend you know through some you know journey of health and i think that gives us a better understanding and more empathy and then encourages us to delve deeper into it as well absolutely um i have always i come always from this belief of you know what just reading in the books would give us certain knowledge experiencing it personally would give us a total different knowledge life experience is something that cannot be compared to the book and this is something i tell with every person that i have worked with that you know i'm not speaking from the perspective of oh i read in this book in this chapter that if you have facing this particular issue beat thyroid then probably this might be the reason versus i speak from the place of I have gone through thyroid. I know what triggered my thyroid gland. Um it's not my second pregnancy there is beyond that and when I have identified it after being on thyroid medication for 5 plus years I have allowed myself to reverse thyroid and have gone off those medications. So yes life experiences has lot of more value than just being having the book knowledge which is excellent certifications create that value but having carrying those life experiences i think adds more value to it well that's it and like you said you can have that textbook knowledge that you know it's like a plus b equals c and that can happen a lot of the time but then there's those out of the book cases that occur where we've got multi factors coming in and if you've got experience in that yourself i think that's where it really shines through Yep when it resonates with the other person of what they have gone through and oh yeah i have also gone through i think that strikes the chord yeah 100% now with hormonal imbalances what do we classify as a hormonal imbalance i would love to keep it very simple kate and i say this because you know while each of us know see you know today you open your mobile and then google through of what is hormonal imbalance you get heaps of answers that google is so intelligent to provide you with i don't want to get into about hormones or chemical fertilizers each of us know that with all the um want necessary study that we we would have done in our for whatever reason it is but if you ask me what exactly how do i classify hormonal imbalance i wake up in the morning look at myself in the mirror and then tell myself that there is something that i need to work on i'm not happy with the way i look feel there is something that needs to be looked into and that definitely has to do with some imbalance that is created in the body because hormones are nothing but chemical fertilizers living in the blood stream and we know how blood works in our body and what are the what other things that it creates us to be so that way simple method wake up in the morning you look at yourself in the mirror if you're able to have the beautiful smile and then say i love the way i look it's a different zone a different era you're in but if you don't feel that you feel something needs to be worked on i'm not really happy then there is an imbalance that needs to be addressed and if we do wake up and we're like we know that something's wrong something might not be you know we might not feel as happy as usual maybe our menstrual cycle is out maybe we've got no energy 
where do we start? What do we start doing? Yes, that's a brilliant, beautiful question. So most of the times, again, you know, what we do is we use this. I would I would love for people to put this away for some time because a lot of answers that are that we look for in Google or on Google or other platforms, we have it available within us. So let it, let's take an example of, you know, I wake up in the morning, one fine morning, I wake up and I don't feel good for some reason. So I need to ask myself, why is it that I'm not feeling good? What's stopping me from feeling good? And trust me that the answer would come from inside. It can be something related to the previous day that I would have had a discussion with my partner, something in the office, with my child, etc., that I'm still carrying as an emotion. Now, that's about feeling good. Now, if my menstrual cycle is whacked out for some reason, then again, what? when was the last time I had my period? Is the place where we go. If it is probably beyond 35, 40 days and we know for sure we are not pregnant, then there is something that needs to be looked into. 40, 45 days is fine, but not beyond that. Yes, we do need to seek medical advice, medical opinion of why the period's uh, no, has been delayed, etc. But that would give you a, it would identify probably a symptom that you might be diagnosed with, probably a PCOD, a PCOS, something of that sort, which would have allowed the period cycle to get delayed. But why the PCOD, PCOS has come would be the then next step. So either you find the answer within yourself, especially if it is about, oh, I am not feeling good this morning, go back and ask why. Otherwise, if it has to do with your menstrual cycle, if it has to do with, you know, unknown weight gain that somebody is gaining, uh, where they feel, they perceive that they're doing the right things, but still the weighing scale shows a different number, seek medical advice, seek medical opinion, see what the medical reports say, understand what the GPs have to put forth. But that does not mean that, oh, now that I have been diagnosed with thyroid, I'm gone. I have to be on the thyroid medication for life. No, I have reversed it so I can vouch for it that even after taking it for a decade or two decades, you have the opportunity to reverse any symptom, any ailment that you're going through. So touching on that, you've touched on thyroid and PCOS and that. Why do you think there are, there seems to be so many more cases, especially for women, you know, with thyroid issues and PCOS and that popping up now? Don't you think women wear multiple hats, Kate? Uh, of course, like 50. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, 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 yeah. I, I mean, we, the count might even increase further. Like you said, random number 50. So with all the multiple hats that we wear and all the juggling that we do, where do you think we are putting ourselves into? Are we not putting ourselves into the multiple thoughts, the stress, the day-to-day activities of life? Yeah. And now, you know, if we go back, we might think about, you know, oh, my mother has done that. My grandmother has done that. Well, what they did in their era has been totally different to what we are doing today. The exposure that we have to technology, the life that we have created for ourselves, the rat race that we run, the quest for our children to be at the top of anything and everything that they probably want to do, the relationship that we maintain with our spouses, the relation, the social circle that we maintain, so many things that we put ourselves either consciously or unconsciously into that we create that adrenal stress unknowingly. And when we do that on a daily, constant basis, that's what triggers the hormonal imbalances. So now when there are hormonal imbalances created with the stress, which I lovingly call as sometimes results in extreme symptoms for S-T-R-E-S-S, 
we see that, you know, a thyroid, a PCOD, PCOS, diabetes, cancer for that matter, as the outcome of what we have done for years together. Mm-hmm. Now, we do this without awareness. What if we had the awareness and probably cut it at the root? They would not have these many cases at all. Mm. But I guess the hard question is, how do we start to manage things better so that we can reduce that stress and then limit our potential risk of these types of illnesses and diseases? Yes, I love that question. And I smiled because just yesterday morning, I was giving a masterclass, a training where I was talking about, you know, women come and tell me, but Purnima, life is stressful. What can we do about it? So I would, I would, I would, I would love to get into um, a little bit about the levels of consciousness. I have not done this in any other podcast, but I would love to share this with you. So what we usually do again is um, there are different levels of consciousness that we can't put ourselves into. So to tell you about what consciousness is, it's the awareness of what we are, who we are, right? So when we constantly put ourselves into the to me consciousness, which is mostly the victim consciousness, We think that everything happens to me. This happens to me. Life is hard to me. Job is hard to me. My kids, my partner, etc. So the two, 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 putting ourselves in the victim mode. Now, the next one is the by me. These are the two ones that I'm going to touch about where we think I'm the one responsible. I have to take the responsibility on my shoulder. Like I have been in the by me consciousness or that awareness where I thought if now that my mom has got diagnosed with stage four cancer, oh, I'm going to shut everything across. I mean, that from where I might receive the support and I will be the sole person who will be responsible. It's good because a mom-daughter relationship is brilliant. It's beautiful. But what I also did was unknowingly, if there was support that was offered to me, I was like, no, 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 no. I don't need that support. I can do it all. Right. So most of the times women, because of the multiple hats we wear and the cultural, the way we are culturally raised, we believe that we are the go-to person for anything and everything. Now, when we put ourselves into that go-to, I am the go-to person. You're blocking rest everything. You're not allowing yourself to be supported. And that is the reason it builds up to become stress because you are the go-to person. How about opening ourselves with our thoughts of, can this be delegated? Can I get support? Now, from where I was with my mom's case, I got into depression. I was clinically depressed and was going to be put into medicines, which I didn't want, of course. Right. So from there, with all the studies that I have done, I have realized that I have to open myself to receive that support. So today, just a couple of months ago, when my child fractured his wrist and forearm, I asked for support, openly asked for support from a family friend to care for my younger child, for my neighbor to cook meals for us. So you see, I have kind of seen how I could delegate a couple of things. Otherwise, oh my God, I, my younger child needs to be cared. I have to cook. I have to go home. But I'm in the hospital with my elder child. My husband has to attend office and meetings. See, this is just an example that I'm giving you where people would be able to relate of how on a day-to-day basis, we allow things to happen to us. Mm. So when women are consciously able to make that choice of, you know, can this be delegated? Am I reacting to this stress or am I responding to it? And that can be with as simple as taking 10 steps back. Literally, you're standing in a situation where you're going through the trip. Take 10 steps back and think, can I look at it from a different perspective? 
what would be the answer and those are the small small steps which when cultivated as a habit will allow the individual to see tremendous shift in their overall well-being Mm. Well, I think that's great advice. I know I'm for one of guilty of that thinking that I need to do everything all of the time, look after everybody, keep the business going, look after my family, you know, but yes, when you do ask for help, it makes, takes a lot of stress off. It makes everything easier. And also I know I often think, oh no, I'm, I'm inconveniencing that person. You know, I'm yeah. putting stress on them, but actually they're, they want to help you. Like, you know, they get joy from being able to help you as well. Yes. And that thought of which you said, you know, that you are probably being an inconvenience to them comes from our culture. We have been raised that way. Why don't you do things by yourself? Take responsibility, own it up from childhood. It socially, we have been inhibited with that thought that, you know, yes, it is good to be able to own things up, but doing it for years together, we put ourselves, we are masked with the fact that we are the person who should be doing and are not open to that support. So when, like you rightly said, when you open up and ask for that support, you would be surprised to see how people jump in and then provide that support. Yeah. And I know myself, I've probably modeled this behavior, you know, off my parents. I didn't know my grandparents. We, my parents immigrated from England to Australia in the seventies. So when I was born, there were no grandparents to help, you know, look after us kids. Um, My friend, my uh, mum worked shift work, you know, so my parents didn't have a great big friends network. So there wasn't a lot of people coming around and helping them to babysit or, you know, if any of us got sick or any of that. So I think a lot of my own personal sort of tactics have been learnt from what my parents did, bringing us up as kids also. Absolutely. And I would agree. It is from there you have been seeing your parents do everything by themselves. So subconsciously it has sat in your literally DNA that, you know, oh, okay, I have to own it up. I have to do. And if you are the elder sibling, like I'm the elder sibling in my family. So the responsibility, it's, it's like mom, dad, and then it's me. So that's how it is for rest of the younger siblings. And that's how we are raised to like my parents were working to, though I was raised in India, my parents were working. We did have some support from extended family, but that, 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 that did not mean that every day we were cared for. Like we used to come from school, do our own things and then, you know, be ready by the time, time mom and dad came. They did not have work from home options. They had to travel every single day to work and then do what they were to do over there, come back and support us. So then we realized that, oh, they are tired. Why not we do it? And that becomes kind of a habit where we think we cannot ask for support. It's a kind of a mental block, which we have to consciously work on opening up or breaking it. Yeah, I know I'm consciously always trying to work on it, but it it's not always easy. Uh, and often it'll be my husband going, you don't have to do all this. Like, I'm here to help. We've got people we can ask. So don't think you're by yourself. Yep, absolutely. Even in business for that matter. See, you are an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. We cannot be running everything from scratch till where we are today all by ourselves, right? We did have that support. We did have a virtual assistant. We did have, we do, we do have a team. We do have someone who edits our videos, etc. If only we were to do everything, we would not sustain. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when it comes to, you know, if there's people listening in and maybe they have a thyroid issue or something similar and they are on medications, how do they start to work to get off those medications if it is possible to get off? 
It is 100% possible. I'm a living example. I have taken it for five long years, every day with the thought of how can I come off it. But I had to take it. I had no go. So it is definitely possible. So that's something I want to clear off the viewer's mind that if you think you have been taking it for one year, two years, decade, two decades, doesn't matter. If you have that quest of wanting to come off those medications, you can definitely do it. Now, how to do it? That's the I think that's the place where many struggle because they are not aware. And there is not much awareness since you go to GPs, you go to anybody, they are like, oh, thyroid medication, you have to take it for life. That's what I was told when I was first diagnosed in my second pregnancy that, you know, that how long do I have to take it? Is it, is it only during pregnancy? Because that's when, it got, that's when it got diagnosed. She said, no, if you are on thyroid medication, you have to be on it for life. And that disappointed me extremely because not some. I'm not a person who would like to start my day with a medicine, wait for 30 minutes and then eat or drink something, right? So that said, I have always wanted, had that quest, but did not know how. So what I would strongly advise with what I have studied and researched and certified myself is it's important to understand why you got started on those thyroid medications. It's the root cause that needs to be assessed. So if I take my own example, I got diagnosed with thyroid when I was pregnant with my second child. And that's what I thought for years together until I realized that the medical reports that came, the blood reports that were done during my pregnancy brought the issue out. I was actually had the thyroid gland got triggered for some other reason. Now, what that some other reason came with awareness of how there was in my previous organization, there was a HR case that was running and that HR case had put me into tremendous stress. I was being questioned back and forth by the team, by the panel to understand what they need to hear both the parties. So when it was my side, there was a lot of stress that I was going through and providing them with answers, proofs, etc. At the same time, I was also doing my project management professional certification. It's considered to be one of the most difficult certifications where people probably fail after multiple attempts. And I was giving it in 33 days straight from when I had trained. So I was studying for eight hours during weekdays and 10 to 12 hours during weekends. And I had a two-year-old and then there was house renovation that was happening. <laughs> so you see how life was at that point in time, those 33, 40 plus days, how I had put myself into multiple tremendous stressful zones. So in my body, my throat chakra was weak. So that's what got triggered. So that's the place which got triggered. And that resulted in me being diagnosed with thyroid. But I did not. My weight started gaining. I thought probably because I'm trying for, I mean, we just tried for a month and I got pregnant. So I thought because I'm trying for pre being pregnant, my weight is increasing and it's just the early signs of being pregnant. But that was not what it was. It was because I was, I was already having my thyroid gland was triggered and my TSH was soaring. Uh, but it got out only with the blood reports that was done during my pregnancy. So identifying the root cause, I go back to the place where you asked, how do they identify? It's about every person would have had a trauma, physical, emotional, mental, that would have triggered either their throat chakra, endocrinal system, their womb, their solar plexus, their heart chakra, which would have resulted in some form of physical symptom. That physical symptom can be thyroid, PCOD, PCOS, plantar fasciitis, BP, cancer, anything. But it's important that they go to the root of the situation of when they got diagnosed. And that is what I help with in allowing them to identify when they got diagnosed with it. And we work 
upwards from there. Mm. Yeah. It's very interesting that there's, you know, stress is this underlying factor that comes through in in all illnesses and diseases and as you were touching on it might not be physical it could be emotional it could be mental so it's all different types and I think so often we push aside and we you know I know I've said to my clients before they've come in and they've had a lower back pain flare-up and they're like oh I didn't lift anything you know I didn't do anything differently in my exercise and I'll say, well, you know, is there some stress happening, you know, at home? Oh, well, my sister did just get diagnosed with cancer or, you know, and I'm like, well, ding, 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 that's some pretty big stress. And they're like, no, I'm, I'm handling it very well. And I'm like, well, you may <laughs> think you are, but your body is manifesting in other ways. Yes. Oh, that's that's so beautifully put. And I think that is something, uh, again, it's the lack of awareness. I go back to, you know, how in schools we are taught about English, history, humanities, maths, etc. How good would it be if these were all part of our educational curriculum, where we talk about what stress can do, what adrenal stress can do to the body, why diseases are manifested, versus we are taught about things which probably carries value, but not as much as these awareness would carry. So you're spot on with your clients, Kate. Hi, everyone. I'm interrupting this podcast to let you know that I have a brand new daily Pilates workout that you can download for free and work out with me. Now, this daily Pilates workout is just 15 minutes. It's going to help you build strength and mobility. It's going to help energize you, leave you feeling really good. And the best bit, it's only going to take 15 minutes. So to grab your free workout, head on over to the podcast show notes and click the daily Pilates workout link. I can't wait to see you on your mat. Amazing. Now, if someone's listening in and they're thinking, oh yeah, this sounds like me, how can we make our bodies or make ourselves more resilient to stress and how can we deal better with stress so that it doesn't seem to create and manifest in these ways? Brilliant. That's again a brilliant question. So first, again, it's the awareness because uh, National Health Sciences uh, say that 72% of women are not even aware that they are going through stress. And this also goes back to how we have seen our parents run for things and it has only multiplied from where they were to where we are today. The juggling that we do day to day, the drop offs that we do for kids, the social circle that we need to maintain. Right. We are not even aware. We think, oh, this is how life is. It's probably now the time, I call it as a revolution, Kate, you know, when women should, precisely women, because we wear so many hats at the same time, for us to take a step back and think, is that what I truly want? Or can I let go of your things? I'll again give my example. I can talk about me and my clients as much as I could. That, you know, when I work with women, I tell them, oh, okay, uh, every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I have to go and drop my kid into basketball, piano, and something else. And then Friday, I have to go and attend this party. And then Saturday, I have to go and do grocery shopping. And then Sunday, I have to get ready for Monday. I'm like, hold on. Now, what is it in this that you could let go? I'm not saying you should let go of your kids' classes, activities, but is, is there an alternative? Like my my child does piano, basketball. They learn uh, Indian uh, Sanskrit shlokas too. But most of their classes are online. 
Now it might go back to say, you know, oh, but is every, if everything is online, then how, I mean, would it, is it good for the child? Well, even if you go and drop them in the piano class, except for the fact that the instructor would be sitting right beside, they are going to look at the notes online only, isn't it? The notes are not going to be written on a board with a chalk where they could look and then to no, those days are gone. Mm -hmm. We have to accept certain facts, right? How about then doing the entire thing online? You save more than an hour because you don't have to get ready and drop the kit. You don't have to take the stress, stress of the traffic. You don't have to wait over there. You don't have to otherwise come back home and then bring them back again. See, that's just one thing that I'm speaking about. Likewise, if we allow ourselves to see, and this comes from, you know, it, it I have helped my clients to note down, literally note down and book uh, of what their day-to-day -day activities look like for a week, because that would give us holistically what that month would look like and then the year for that matter. Mm -hmm. So if they're able to do that for a week, it's then identifying, can this be delegated? Okay, if you cannot put in an online class, is there a group that you could form where on a, a weekly basis, one of them would take the delegation and then drop and bring the kids? Something of that sort. You would come up with ideas that would work best for you. And when you do that, oh, then you're free from that particular task. And then you're free from this particular task. And then you will look at the 24 hours that we have as doing different tasks rather than saying, oh, 24 hours is not sufficient for me as a day. Mm. Right. It's about managing those tasks. And when those tasks are managed with priority, you're working on your stress. And when you're working on your stress, you're giving yourself priority. You give yourselves the time and scope to be able to do something that you truly love, at least for 15 to 20 minutes in a day. When you do that, you're being more grounded, more happy. And that will result in not seeing any of those blood reports of, you know, being diagnosed with thyroid or any ailment for that matter. Yeah. Well, I think you make a really good point because I know I've done that before and looked at my time spent in a week. And even if you just look at the time you spend on social media or replying to emails, or it could be, you know, if you're into YouTube, watching YouTube videos, you know, even that time it adds up over a week for a lot of people. I know even myself, even if I'm scheduling, you know, social media for work, you'll still be on there and having a scroll through and 10 minutes later goes by. And even if it's just 10 minutes a day, you know, that's over an hour a week that you could be spending towards other things. So becoming more aware of how we're spending our time, I think, can be surprising too. Now, let's move on to weight loss and maintaining a healthy weight, because I think that's another big area that women can often struggle with. They either have issues trying to lose weight or they're gaining too much weight. Yes. So I, I think most of my points would go back to the place where I ask about why. Why does someone want to lose weight? And the answer that I always get is, I want to fit into this dress. I want to look good. I want to have self-confidence. I want to have good self-esteem. That's brilliant. But why? Right. So we are, again, talking only about the superficial layer of doing beat weight loss or anything for that matter, because I want to look good, because I want to be, see the weighing scale go down. There has to be some deep rooted emotions that needs to be connected, even with wanting to just drop off those extra 5, 10, 15, 20 kgs. If there is no strong why, there is no motivation. If there is no motivation, there is no consistency. If there is no consistency, the end result is something we are all aware of. So even for any weight loss journey, for that matter, women tend to usually get into different dietary patterns. 
you know, we are so much, again, we, I go back to, you know, how when you, uh, 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 let me speak about what science says. 56.4% of women uh, on an yearly basis have done some form, or rather uh, they look for different dietary patterns, different regimes that they could use to drop weight on a weekly basis. And of them, 52% women actually get into trying different dietary things. Mm. Now, why we do that? We do that because of the quest of wanting to see the weighing scale go down or wanting to wear that dress that we love. But why? What would it mean to be able to wear that dress? How would that impact you? Have you created those emotions in you? Have you seen yourself in that dress? What does it mean to be able to walk in that dress? Right. You have to uncover those layers, get into the deeper why rather than getting into any diet that's available that comes newly into the market, trying it, then dropping off those extra 10, 15 kgs. And then when you are off that diet, you go back to being eating what you were eating earlier. And alas, you know, everything comes up versus if you are able to identify a strong why you actually don't have to go off your cultural, traditional foods. I come from the place of. When my mom conceived me, when my your mom had conceived you, when we were raised, we never had these weight issues. We never had thyroid as we were born, PCOD, PCOS, as soon as we had our first menstrual cycle. It came through probably mostly between the age of 22, 23 and above. That's because what all has happened with respect to how we have looked at life what we wanted to achieve, if we have achieved, if we have created an impact for ourselves or not. So why why is it that women consider food is the reason for their weight gain? I think that's the last thing that women should consider. The first thing that they should be looking at is what are my thoughts? Where am I heading up to? What am I thinking? How are those forming into habits? How can I break those habits? Because today, if I'm going and picking a chips packet and eating cake, I know chips is not good for me. If I'm eating a bar of chocolate, I know it's not good for me. I'm still going because my emotions are being driven for me to pick those. And when you do not work on those emotions being driven, no matter how hard you try or I try, I'll end up with that chip packet in a week, 10 days, 20 days, or with that chocolate bar every time I put myself into different diets, right? So diets is not the way out. It's not the way out. It's also something that I would love to share with the community. Yeah. Well, I think it's, as you said before, it's really going back to that root cause, isn't it? Like we all know what's healthy and what's not healthy, but there is some underlying trauma or emotional issues or, you know, something that's happened in your past that's becoming a trigger that's, you know, you know, in a word, making you want to reach for those foods, whether or not it's for comfort or reassurance or familiarity or, you yep. know, whatever it is. And it's yep. working on that first and foremost, that root cause. But I think a lot of that for many people can be very, it may be something traumatic that they're not, you know, maybe not ready to face yet. For those people, how do you work with them to maybe potentially get to that root cause if they're a bit hesitant about getting to it. Going back to the levels of consciousness that I was talking to you about, where I said the to me and the by me consciousness of the four levels, there are actually four of them, to me, by me, 
through me and as me these are the four levels of consciousness and cannot get the name the father of uh, who created it's um, that that's all right i just can't get the name of the person at the top of my mind but in these why i'm going to this place is when we tell ourselves we are not ready yet there is something that's stopping us there is something that is telling us that i will be judged there is something that is telling us that i might not be supported there is something within that's telling us that you know i don't know how this would be construed and that is the reason otherwise we as human beings are very vocal of our thoughts of our expressions if we want i mean you look at social media if someone posts something and if we have to if someone has to troll them they can go to any extent and i have been trolled with a couple of my posts too i'm like oh wow you have so much time in doing all of this how beautiful it would be to be able to work on yourself to see what is it that triggered in my post that you're trolling me right something would have triggered and that's why you're trolling right so similarly if a person is not ready it's because there is something that's holding them back i have had women who have not been ready to open up so it's about creating that surrounding it's about creating that aura it's about that reassurance by asking questions and leading the path to the place where they naturally open up mm. now if women now i i think you would agree kate that we have to allow ourselves to be supported if we want truly want to make some shifts in our health yes. and if we are not in that place we would be stagnant stuck to where we are now if someone approaches but they are really hesitant for me my duty is to create that environment is to create that aura is to uncover layer after layer so they don't feel that it has been hit right on the spot but i can understand sense and then walk them through to the place where it touches them softly and that allows them to open up Mm. but and that's how i have been able to support hundreds of women in their transformational journey yeah well i know even in the studio when i'm working with somebody cuz they may come in in usually in some type of pain and we can work on you know physically exercises strengthening mobility but there usually is generally some type of emotional you know thing that's happening underneath and we can brush the surface of it you know if they're in a one on four class it may not be something that they want to talk about in front of other people um with my you know solo clients we definitely get into that a little bit more but then I'll often you know might either send them a message or give them a phone call and even suggest you know maybe it's going to see somebody a different practitioner that may be able to serve them in a different way which will help their journey even with what they're doing with me also absolutely i will agree to that um, especially if it is a group program like i too run one to ones and group programs so in group programs i mean working so many years i can sense that when someone says something there is something else beneath it so i also do my best to reach out to them and then allow them to open up because sometimes in group they might not be able to but being one to one they would be able to you know have that uh, environment where they think they are safe they are held and then they are able to open up so this also uh, takes me to the place you know where it's the inner child that's kind of craving for attention but not able to express itself so when that inner child feels safe when the child for that matter i have a 6 year old one when he feels safe with me for sure he knows he can talk to me about anything so likewise though we have grown up to become adults physically but there is that child sitting and lying inside of us it's that child which needs to be addressed which needs to be asked what is it that you truly want and when that envi- 
environment is created for that person who is really feeling, you know, not sure if I could share these things. When that environment is created, oh, I have had women open up so much and tell me so many things. I feel truly honored and grateful that I have been able to support them from their root cause to where they are today. Yeah, I'm I'm would definitely relate to that and feel the same that when somebody is vulnerable enough to open up and share whatever it may be, but it's obviously something that's, you know, either highly traumatic or emotional or personal. Um, it, it is a gift that they are giving to me. And I do feel like, you know, that they've trusted that with me and I'm yeah. very appreciative of that. And then I'm also happy that we've been able to create that relationship and support that they feel safe to be able to share that too. Absolutely. I agree 100% Kate. Mm. Now with, you know, self-care, there's a big movement that, you know, we should all have self-care and women especially should be, you know, prioritizing self-care. How? Did, what's your take on self-care and, and how does that look like for you? Um, I have been raised in a way where um, women give themselves the last priority. Um, so while my mom has always said that, you know, you first and then next, but has it always been exhibited? I don't think so, right? So uh, we are in such an era where self-care is even more important than before. And, uh, you know, when I say self-care, it's again not about getting into YouTube, socials, checking, scrolling. No, it's about picking that one lost hobby from childhood. For me, I felt the importance of having that self-care more so after my second delivery because I slipped into postpartum depression unknowingly again. And then I used to see myself cry a lot for no reason. Even smallest thing would trigger me. And I did not have the awareness that I have today. So I would cry. I would, you know, fight for smallest of things too. But then I realized, is this the way I want to lead my life? Because it's just having the ripple effect of I cry, I fight, and then there is something else. And then there is something else. Versus when I analyzed it, I thought the best way for me to do is pick something that I had lost as a hobby. And I love writing. I love writing. I love sharing stories. So that's where my book has also, the thought of my book also has come from, that one day I would want to write a book. And I'm so glad that I have been able to do that. So that said, it's important for women to identify one lost hobby. What is that one thing that as a child you thoroughly enjoyed doing? Was it about singing with the nature? Was it about picking that book and doing some craft, doing an art? What is it for every individual? It's different. So picking that one particular thing and even doing it, say, for 30 minutes in a day will make a huge shift in the way stress can also act in a person's body in creating that hormonal imbalance. So, yes, very much needed. I would strongly, I I mean, I can strongly speak for it, vouch for it, that it can do wonders for anybody, of course, women. Yeah. And I think too, even if it's just building something simple into your day, and maybe you don't have 30 minutes in one go, but you could do 10 minutes here and 10 minutes here and break it down, that that can be really beneficial as well. Yeah, absolutely. Just that we should not get lost with it. Sometimes when we do it for 10 minutes and then we think we'll come back, that coming back never happens. And that's why I love uh, channelizing my time. 
uh, to be able to do. And I have learned this from one of the audibles that I uh, heard uh, where he speaks about uh, Dandapani is the person's name. He speaks about how it is good to have 30 minutes or 45 minutes interval to do something and then a 15 minute break. I use it even for the tasks in my day. And I think it's important even for the hobby that we pick, that we do it as in that stipulated time. As because it's a hobby, it's the last priority in the first place. And because it's the last priority, doing it for 10 minutes and then thinking we would do it something sometime else would never happen. So it's good to do it in one go and then experience its full benefits. Yeah, I love that also. Now, you know, if people are sort of listening in and they're thinking, I want to start to create some healthy habits that can really just support me so that I don't get to these stages where I feel burnt out and start to develop some of these illnesses. What are some everyday healthy habits that can support us? The first thing in the morning that I have started practicing for some years now and I coach all of my clients to is to do an conscious intention setting. Like, for example, today morning when I woke up, whatever time people wake up, I believe in waking up before sunrise, uh, which usually is, if it is summers, it's 4.35 a.m. If it's now that it's winters in Australia, it's 5.30 to 6 a.m. That's when I wake up. And when I wake up, the first thing I do is, I don't use this. I come, I sit in a position that is comfortable to me. And then, uh, you know, I just close my eyes and think about how do I want to consciously align my day? I know what my calendar looks like. I know I have this podcast today. I know I have a couple of client uh, transformational journeys that I have to go through. And I know the other things that I have to do. So I mentally mind map it of how I'm going to intentionally set my day and allow my day to be channelized accordingly. Now, will that always work? No. But I know what I am up to. And if there is a pattern interrupter, which might, which chances are it might happen, I don't get perturbed about it. I don't react to it. Versus if I'm not mentally organized of what it is that I will be doing through the day, I'm all over the place. I probably might pick something up and then do that for some time and then pick something up and then do that for some time. And then by the end of the day, I keep thinking, what have I done? (laughs) I think most of us put ourselves in that zone. So one thing that absolutely helps me till today and that which has loved hundreds and thousands of women with whom I have worked is having that conscious intention setting. It's a five to seven minutes setting. But when you do that, you are guided through the day. Mm. I do that. I tend to, I do a little plan on a Sunday for the week ahead, you know, block out what my appointments are, check what it is. And then I'll usually pick out three things. So last night I picked out three things that I wanted to achieve today. And, you know, one of them is the podcast that we have this morning. So they're simple things that I know that can get done. So I'm not trying to overschedule myself too much and then feeling like I haven't done anything or disappointed because I didn't get what I wanted to get done done. Absolutely. And that also leads to burnout unknowingly. It again goes back to the stress that we generate and how it leads to burnout. Again, burnout is spoken so much, but not much of awareness. And it comes from the fact that, you know, we are not channelizing our time. The 24 hours, everybody has it from probably the prime minister to uh, the child, right? While each of us have our own prior priorities, it's about having the tasks scheduled 
in the time that we are available. And that's lovely how you have three top things to do and then you get done with them and you know mentally, oh, you're done. Anything else is an addition for that matter. Or you just take the time off for yourself and spend it. That's it. And I also think too, that word priority is the key because it's really thinking about what your priorities are. And if we want to look after ourselves, then we need to prioritize our self-care and whether or not that's, you know, our exercise or our, you know, doing some meal prep or reading or meditating, whatever we feel helps us sort of refill our cup, we need to make it a priority so we actually follow through and do it. Yes, 100%. But again, I think that's the last priority we always have to be able to prioritize ourselves and hence the awareness of why so many awareness, so many movements about, you know, why women should prioritize themselves. The point is how to prioritize is also important, I believe. And I think with what you and I are talking today, it allows the viewers to get a perspective of how they could prioritize the tasks. So that will eventually lead to prioritizing themselves too. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, part of that is we go, well, work's more important than our me time because we need the money to pay the bills and our, you know, looking after our kids is is more important than our me time. And we have this hierarchy dependent on our, you know, culture and our economy and our lifestyle. And, you know, that's, we obviously need to have that to a certain extent, but we still need to value ourselves, whether, you know, we're working on ourselves will probably help bring more money in at the end because if we are happier and have more energy, we're going to be more productive and better at our work anyway. I 100% agree. I don't think I have to comment at all because that's that's what it is. But it's just, it just needs to get into the space of several women. And it again goes back to culture, like you rightly said. So 100% agree with it, Kate. Mm. And it's something that I know I have to work on. I can say that. But in the heat of the moment, you know, you, your brain's going, no, 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 this work needs to get done. This is what needs to get done first. And you might, you know, sometimes slip and not always do, you know, the right thing. But I think yep. it is always a work in progress too. Yep, it is. And that is, that's the beauty of it, isn't it? That's why we are so different from other living beings, right? We have that uh, six senses to be able to make those con- conscious decisions of what we want to do, what we not want to do. Uh, it's just that how we make use of all of it and then be able to do things in the way that we believe would be best aligned for us. Mm. And as we were sort of talking about before, it's developing that self-awareness, that intuition, utilizing things like reflection, and then being able to use all those to make the changes. Yes. Uh, Several of us, uh, you know, uh, Kate, again, uh, we we are absolutely robotic in our day-to-day life. I was holding myself to say this, but I think it's okay to share because that is what we are. Monday morning, Sunday evening, everybody wants to get ready for the Monday morning, which is good. But what is it that you want to achieve? Do you have a plan of action of what you want to achieve? It's always about, okay, Monday morning, kids are available, kids are school. So getting their food done, meal done, backpack done, sending them to school. If you are working, getting to work, doing the work, coming back, taking to classes, done. Then Tuesday morning, same thing. Wednesday morning, same thing. It's just the classes are different or something of that sort. But we are like a programmed robots of how we do things same thing, same way, every single day, week after week, month month after month, year after year. And then one fine day, we end up with everything that we see. Oh, have, is this what I have done? 
Mm. So that conscious awareness is something I think each one of us should be able to inculcate in us. There should be a learning. There should be a teaching. Like I said, going back to school, I wish this was all part of the curriculum. But because it is not, there is a lot of awareness that's being created through social media, through YouTube posts, through podcasts, etc. What we are doing today is also creating that awareness. Women should be able to take away from this and then implement we all get stuck in that implementation phase. We all listen to this. We all feel, oh, wow, this is so beautiful. This is so wonderful. But when it comes to implementation, we are like, oh, no. Right? And yeah. any shift might happen only when we implement things. And so when we implement it, I think all of the things would fall in place beautifully for every one of us. Exactly. And, you know, I definitely can relate to that because there is so much information out there, you know, talking to people that, oh, podcasts are amazing, you know, it's amazing information, YouTube, as we mentioned. But like you said, unless we're actually implementing and taking action on all this information, it's not useful in a sense. So it's listening to this podcast. And I hope listeners, you know, that's why when we finish the podcast, I my last question, which we, we can wrap up with now, is I always ask my guest, what's one thing that listeners after listening to this podcast can go and do straight away and instigate straight away after listening to this podcast? If you ask me that one thing that someone can take away from this particular podcast, now if it is um, if the woman who is listening has been thinking, like I said, morning that I don't feel good. It's about taking that time off, probably pausing the podcast and then think, and then thinking, going back and reflecting on, yes, I'm not feeling good, but what is it that I'm not feeling good about? That would be the place where they can get started to take multiple ripple effects of how they could achieve their dream version of health that they have. So I would strongly vouch to any woman who listens to us today, if you are listening to me and Kate and you think, oh, what they say makes a sense. Oh, this is what I'm going through. Oh, this is something that resonates with me. Then pause us over here. You can come back to listen to us. You will do that because you're loving what we are saying. But pause us. Take that book, take that pen, call it uh, My Brain Drain. I have a book that calls Purnima's Brain Drain. So use that book and then write, what is my thing that I would like to address? If it is probably thyroid, then go back to thinking, when was the first time I got diagnosed? And from there, you would start to see that, you know, you can make small, small shifts, which would allow you to come to a place where one fine day, you would be like, oh, I don't have to take these medications at all. Mm, which I'm sure many people listening to this podcast would love to get to. And sometimes that feels so far off. So just starting with these small steps is the first place to begin. Yep. A 150th floor building doesn't get built overnight, right? It's the foundation. It's the base that's need, that needs to be set right. And so is it with our health. So today, tomorrow morning, it's not possible for them to go off those thyroid medications. It took me five years to understand what is it that I have to do to bring myself off it. And then it took 18 months from, to bring my mom out of stage four cancer from being bedridden to absolutely not being on, uh, you know, she's be, she being able to do everything and reversing her cancer, being it, bringing it to a state of remission. So if you, if someone is thinking that today I will write it and then tomorrow morning, can I stop those medications? No. You're building that foundation to be able to reach that 150th floor strongly. You're not scared of, oh, will the building actually dwindle? Will it fall off? No, the foundation has been laid. And that is what is important. 
And as we were saying before, this might not be a, a journey that you think you can do yourself. So reach out and get support to help as well. Absolutely. You would be surprised to learn how much you can achieve when you have the right support rather than doing it all by yourself. Like I took support. I'm not speaking about everything today by that I did all by myself. No, I have taken support from different coaches, different mentors, mindset coach, health coach, different people who have supported me in my journey to be where I am today, to be able to support other hundreds and thousands of women that I'm supporting. So yes, reach out, ask for that support and you would be supported thoroughly. Amazing. Well, where can listeners reach out and connect with you and find out about your work? I have my website, which I would lovingly share, and we can put it in the description. So that has amazing free resources that for women to use. For women with thyroid, there is thyroid activation meditation. For women with menstrual cycle issues, menopausal issues, perimenopausal issues, there is a womb activation meditation. So there are lots of free resources that I have shared. My book is uh, my book that which I have authored. The ebook version of it is for free for them to get from there. So they can, you know, again, there are several things available. Are they taking it and implementing it? So today, if they are listening, if you are listening to us, then visit the website, get details from there, and you would get the uh, way to reach out to me. You can book in a call, understand what your root cause is, and we can dive in from there. Amazing. Can you read or just tell us the website um, live as well? Of course, yes. It is https colon backslash backslash. Purnima, so P-O-O-R-N-I-M-A-V-A-M-S-I dot com, Purnimavamsi dot com. Amazing. Oh, I'll link that up in the show notes as well for everybody that's listening. Um, But thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing such a wealth of information. It's been so lovely connecting with you. Oh, it's lovely to be part of it, to be able to serve your community, to be able to help every woman because they do deserve to live a life that is medication free so that they can do more for themselves and their loved ones. Thank you once again, Kate. Thank you. Thanks for listening into the podcast. Please hit subscribe to be updated for each time we release a new podcast.